right, everybody, did you miss us? Because guess what? We are back here Tuesday, February 15th. And if this show were at a bar, it is now old enough to drink because this is the 21st episode. We want to welcome everybody to the Still City Insider podcast. Jim, how you doing today? I'm good, Jeremy. I'm good. It's the start of a new season. We got our rest in. The offseason's over. Super Bowl's over. Let's rock. Here we go. And it is 5 a.m. Uh, for both of us. And, you know, we're here. We are enduring because we are going to bring you Pittsburgh Steelers football. And today we're going to give an overview, quick overview of the Super Bowl, uh, a game that I did not watch fully till the end uh, because I was bitter that the Bengals were playing in it. Uh, we will talk a bit about coaching updates for your Pittsburgh Steelers, the Senior Bowl, specifically the quarterback performances, Cameron Hayward's comments, um, scouting combines coming up. And then we did have a question from one of our YouTube viewers. We will get on the show today. Um, but Jim, without wasting any time, the Super Bowl is in the books. Like you said, the 2021 season is over. We're on to 2022. And thankfully, I know that maybe you had the Bengals winning this one, uh, but the Rams win keeps the Bengals winless in the Super Bowl. What was your overall take on this year's big game? My overall take is that the Steelers aren't that far away because it wasn't that skillful of a game. I think the Rams had the, the talent all over that was scary uh, if I were uh, with the Steelers. The Bengals, you know, except for that fantastic quarterback and receiver and T. Higgins, um, you know, they, they have some very good pieces, don't get me wrong, and they deserve to be there, and they played well, but it was a game you watch, and you're like, you know, geez, Steelers are not that far away, so I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, do they think they can just plug some holes and, and redo it this offseason? Maybe they think that, but um, it's not all that far away. That was my take. Yeah, and the one thing that stood out to me, and it really didn't register until after the game was it was a tell of two approaches to quarterback. Uh, one side with the Bengals, you had Joe Burrow, second-year guy, was drafted first overall the year before towards ACL. Then on the other side, you had Matthew Stafford, whom the Rams traded for, gave up a lot. Um, and really, the Steelers are going to go one or two directions. And I'm not suggesting that their 22 season is going to result in either the um, way the Rams or the Bengals did, but it shows that Yes, if you bring a guy in, you can win that way. If you have a young guy and you bring bring along that talent, you can win that way as well. But I thought that was sort of an interesting example provided in the Super Bowl. Well, as long as they recognize whether they're at the stage the Rams were when they made that trade. You know, the Rams seem to have talent throughout. Um, and I, I'm not expert enough on the Rams to know where their weaknesses were. I know the Steelers have legitimate holes that if they were to bring in Terry Bradshaw, there would they they wouldn't get where the Rams got. It, no. In my opinion, yeah. uh, they have to gauge that. So, uh, you know, before you make the big move like that, a big trade like that, just feel comfortable that you're just a quarterback away. Yeah. And last year, because I was out of curiosity last night prepping for the show. I was curious what the Rams did in 2020. They were 10 and six 
Seattle won the division last year. They were 12 and four. And um, they still had, uh, what's his name? Uh, the notebook at quarterback. What is that guy's name? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Neutron. Yeah. And their terrible. offense was terrible. So I'm not saying that Roethlisberger was as bad as Goff was last year, but their offense really struggled. Their defense was strong. Um, you know, so if you could fill in a couple pieces there, like you said, maybe the Steelers aren't as far away uh, than, than maybe it seems. Any players stand out to you or performances, notably, that worth worthy recognition here from Rams or the Bengals? Well, Aaron Donald. Yeah, beast. How did he not get the MVP? I, 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 you know, I went through this with friends on Facebook, and they were adamant that Cooper Cup was the clear MVP. I mean, he didn't even have 100 yards. And that no-look pass from Stafford, that was Stafford. That was and beautiful. Most of the other stuff was Eli Apple. You know, <laughs> we, we've been making fun of Eli Apple all year. And so I don't know if the rest of the nation just caught on to Eli Apple. But the Kansas City Chiefs showed no mercy with Eli Apple on Twitter after the game. Nope. <laughs> Nobody seems to respect him. Well, it's because I think at the beginning of his career, his mother got involved on Twitter. That Eli should be. I can't remember the specifics. I think it was with the Giants. She was blasting their coaching staff. You don't want your mom involved when you're an NFL player. (laughs) It's bad enough when it's a high school thing. You know, your mom gets involved. (laughs) Um, But Aaron Donald, I mean, you know. You, you want to talk about Vaughn Miller? Well, Aaron Donald opened the door for Vaughn Miller, you know, because the, the Bengals were so obsessed with blocking Aaron Donald with two and three people, and they should have been because that's their weakness, especially that guard position in front of Joe Burrow. Yeah. So, you know, Aaron Donald should have been the MVP and uh, could perhaps be remembered as the greatest pit player of them all. And, uh, when I asked that question on Twitter, people were saying, well, you know, while he was at Pitt, if you're talking about while they were at Pitt, it's Tony Dorsett. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to come off Marino because quarterback's such a key position, but three defensive player of the year awards, a ring, and what should have been a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I don't know that the, the two fourth and one stops Aaron Donald had were like, I mean, the first quarter, the first drive, that fourth and one stop was a, at least a 10-point swing. Um, and the fourth and one stop at the end of the game saved the game. The Bengals have an excellent kicker. That third and one stop where he reached out and, and got Perrine, and I thought it was poorly spotted. I thought the ball was like an inch away from the mark. It was poorly spotted by some really some poor, poor officiating all game. Uh, even when they weren't calling flags, which was nice for us as viewers, but they were missing some stuff. And then at the end, they panicked and started throwing flags at everything, except when the entire line jumped, the center forgot to snap the ball. And that was the key. I believe that was the key defensive holding penalty. We should have never even been called because it should have been whistled dead. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but back to Aaron Donald on third and one, that was a great place. I mean, the Bengals had second and one there near midfield. They're knocking on the door of a field goal at least. And Aaron Donald took over. 
that's MVP, not beating Eli Apple on a on a flag route. Yeah, he is a stud. He's definitely a stud, and uh, you know I would love to have him in the black and gold. I don't think that's ever going to happen, especially there now being speculation that he uh, possibly may retire. One thing I just wanted to point out with the Bengals, and we'll kind of put a bow on the Super Bowl here. Uh, I don't want to say their offensive line was exposed because it was exposed all year, but if you forecast to this upcoming season, they're going to have a target on them because you know they're the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So not to say that it was easy for them to get to the big game this year, but it's not going to be as manageable as it was this year. I think you're going to have teams coming at them, and they're going to have to show that they can improve that offensive line. So we'll see how it's this Bengals responds. It's going to be tragic. You know, they'll remember this 15 years from now when Joe Burrow's taken up 70% of their salary cap and they start dealing with the rest of, as you said, the target on the back, as Cleveland learned out quickly. We talked about this before. And the Steelers learned to deal with that, and they learned to deal with Roethlisberger's heavy cap, yeah. and they didn't win playoff games, and everybody blamed the coach, but I, I just think it was the circumstances, mm-hmm. and the Bengals are going to have to deal with those circumstances themselves. But, I mean, finding a right guard shouldn't be difficult. I mean, that could be your second-round pick. Your first-round pick has to be a corner. I mean, they've got to replace Eli Apple. Yeah. Other than that, that's a good team. I really love their middle linebacker. He reminded me of LeVon Kirkland. Yeah, he's big guy that's big guy that's making coverage plays, and you're like, wait, you're too big to be doing that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Levon Kirkland's coming out party with a Super Bowl too in a loss. Yeah. Same way Logan Wilson. So uh, one of my boys from Wyoming texted me. <clears throat> he had loved Logan Wilson as much as he had loved Josh Allen, and now he's got a a guy. He said if the Steelers don't draft. Is there a Chad Moomau or something like that? Yeah. Did yep. I get the name right? He's uh, all over this this guy in the third round. Is he a middle linebacker? Middle backer. Yep. Okay. Well, there's a there's your, there's another guy. So yeah, Wyoming Cowboys. I love I love Wyoming. I love Montana. I love getting out there. Colorado. I was gonna, I was just gonna say that's probably like the sixth reference to Wyoming in 21 episodes. So if I'm like tracking percentages. <laughs> Well, ever since I did my Brent Kiesel work on my omens, you know, and I got to know some people and his friends are the ones that text me still. I, I, I know Brady Popinga. There's only like a couple of Wyomans that made the NFL. And uh, so I've been all over that. Plus, I, man, it's a beautiful state. It's yeah. just beautiful. I spent a week one night in Wyoming. Early in my <laughs> Come 20s. on. I, I did a road trip on honest to goodness. This was back in 2006. My, my buddies and I drove, this is when I first started teaching. We drove from Maryland to Wyoming and Poor. yeah, just a big road trip. Just but it was uh, a lot of fun. Well, so, and there know? was, we were in it in this establishment in the middle of nowhere. And there was a let's go Steeler sign on the wall. So I, I felt at home. So well, when your state's only produced two NFL players and one of them's a Super Bowl hero, yeah, you're gonna have Steeler fans there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we have a little connection there with Wyoming. So well, where did you go in Wyoming? I mean, let's talk travel. It's a little place called Sundance, Wyoming. 
You just drove. Let's go to Sundance. We, we we drove to go to the the Badlands in South Dakota, Mount Rushmore, and then we were just like, "Hey, let's go to Wyoming." <laughs> Sundance is where you ran out of gas. It's not that wasn't your pretty much. Yeah, that wasn't the <laughs> the end goal there. So, all right, we'll move forward here before we get into any other details of that trip. <clears throat> the coaching update. <laughs> coaching updates for the Steelers. Uh, Terrell Austin officially announces the defensive coordinator. And then in surprise news, Ike Hilliard will not be returning as wide receivers coach. It's going to be Frisman Jackson. When I first saw that, I thought the name was Fishman. I had to correct myself. Uh, No O-line coach yet, no GM yet. Colbert will go through the draft. Um, Any thoughts? I'm I'm going to hit this quickly. I'm going to hit this quickly because, in my opinion, uh, offensive line, uh, any – assistant coaches are difficult to gauge. Only the head coach knows what's going on. We are not to look at the poor performances of the Steelers wide receivers this year and say it was the coach. The head coach knows. And so when Hilliard was dismissed or his contract allowed to not be redone, he just didn't do the job. And Tama knows that. And he has connections and he knows. And I know nothing about Fishman. Uh, and you have dubbed him Fishman, and therefore Fishman. he will be Fishman. And I, I'm not going to look at his past receivers and gauge their production on whether the coach was good or not. But if Mike Tomlin knows something about him, knows he can de- work with them, okay, fine. Uh, I, I look at the O-line coach and Chris Morgan being allowed to leave. I thought that was a positive sign that they're going to spend some money and get a big timer in here. And, and we all hope it's Munchak. And there have been some other names thrown around. So it seems like they had a plan uh, to allow Chris Morgan to leave. They must have some ideas. So to me, that was encouraging. And I like Terrell Austin. Um, you know, this uh, who's going to call the plays. Um, uh, I, I don't care because it's become something that is way bigger than it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody thought Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach somewhere. And he's just, um, you know, the offensive coordinator at Kansas City is the head coach. And that happens just about everywhere. Their coach is strong on one side of the ball or another. They spend more money to get a coordinator to coordinate the other side, where the head coach takes care of his side. So, you know, we look at Belichick's assistant coaches, and they don't do well anywhere. (laughs) You know, it wasn't them. It was the head coach. Yeah. So... Uh, that's, I like Terrell Austin. I like how he deals with me, how he deals with the players. Minka likes him a lot. Um, and it, you know, Tomlin has to know who he can work with. And I think he and Austin, uh, seem to have a good chemistry as far as I can tell. And so it won't just be a dummy, uh, calling Mike Tomlin's plays. They'll work on stuff all week and the defense coordinator will have his ideas and Mike will He'd be the stronger presence because he's that he's the boss. Yeah. So he'll say yes or no, and they'll devise stuff and they'll work it out. And uh, Austin will know how he once handled the, the the play calling. So that's all that that'll we don't need to know who called which play that didn't work and therefore blame him and fire him. We as fans are now getting too detail oriented with all that stuff. You know, well, who called that one? Who called that one? Who called the one where Eli Apple was in man coverage on Cooper Cup? 
you know, that's a legitimate beef there. <laughs> People that, want accountability, Jim. That's that's what they want. They well, want accountability. I mean, but, I mean, the end of the Super Bowl, when you're man, man with no OBJ in the game, and you're man, you got your worst corner playing their best receiver one-on-one down the field. Whoever was responsible for that needs to be fired, unless it was the head coach that you guys think of. As the coaching staff saga turns, we'll continue to monitor that and provide you with updates as we move forward, uh, but good insight there. And then we're on the the um, <clears throat> back nine here of the agenda. Senior Bowl, I don't know if you had a chance to, to watch that. I know I was uh, geeked out on it just because the quarterbacks, all the big-name quarterbacks coming out in the draft were uh, able to play in this game. Um, so I was studying it. I had my little notebook there. Uh, like a like a professor, and uh, really, I walked away from that game really impressed with Desmond Ritter. I know the first we probably talked about him back in November. I liked uh, him back then, and everybody laughed at me. I tell you what, I I was critical of him at first because when I watched some of his college college tape initially, he looked awkward and unnatural to position. But I'm going to throw a name out here, Jim, and you might chastise me for making such a comparison, but. Ritter reminded me of Steve McNair. He just he looks wow. big, physical, and I I should I'm not even going to preface it. He just he looked like a professional ball player. Smooth, uh, his play action was convincing. He could throw on the run, strong arm, uh, could pull down and run it by time with mobility. Not the fastest guy, but he looked uh, in comparison to Willis, who had the big arm, who could run. Pickett looked smooth. Um, nice touch on the ball. Zappy, no way. He's a backup. Carson Strong, his lack of mobility was <laughs> supremely evident. Sam Howell didn't start out the game well, but improved over the game. But Ritter, to me, if he's there, pick 20, I think he's the guy. I do. See, I compared him to Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not trying to get political, and I don't want to start any of that, but that's who I thought of. I don't see the big thickness in McNair, but I'll watch again with your your comp in mind. Uh, but I liked him, and then I, I was ridiculed so badly, and I was hurt so much by the criticism that I thought I was wrong, and I stopped watching him. So, thankfully, you have revived, restored confidence in myself, and so yeah. I will watch him again. Uh, and that's cool because I liked him, yeah. but um, I didn't see Steve McNair. I'd love to have Steve McNair. <laughs> he and it's was it's not so much his stature because he's more of a thinner guy. It's just his his move his movements. When I watch him, he doesn't look like he doesn't look twitchy or fast, even though he is. It's just I don't know if you call it fluid or just which is the opposite of calling him unnatural. The first time I watch him, it just looks like when you watch him, he just looks like he's moving really slow. But it just it. It works. I don't know. I watched the, his Alabama tape uh, after that senior bowl. There's a lot to like there. One, one of the criticisms of him is his accuracy, but I'll be quick to reference when Josh or yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen came out of Wyoming. Uh, his accuracy was egregious and he's now completing what 70% of his passes. So I think that's something that you can work on with this kid because he's got all the tools and he's a winner. I think he's 44 and six and he took a small school Cincinnati team to the college football playoff. So I think there's something there. And I don't, I, 
I could see over these next couple months his stock rising to the point where he's not available at pick twenty. He's yeah. just, he's a nice prospect. Like the Philip Rivers thing, yeah. I remember yeah. we used to talk about Philip Rivers as a potential second round pick. Then all of a sudden it was like, hey, they better get him in the first round. Then it was like, I'm not going to get him. Yeah. But um, I like your 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 talk on Ritter. Um, and, and I'll say something that will draw some criticism. Uh, Pickett had a poor day in the rain, and he fumbled the ball, and he was inaccurate in the practice. Practices are more important than the games. Remember that. Uh, than the game, the senior bowl game. Um, I don't know why that has been glossed over. I, I, everybody wants to mock those who use hand size as a criticism. But I think it's legitimate because the NFL ball is different than the college ball. And he's already started wearing gloves and then he had trouble in the rain. Yeah. I would just like some commentary from some of these, these guys who covered that on Pickett, his hand size yeah. and dealing with the rain. He uh, threw some swing passes in the senior bowl with six for six. Fine. Uh, I, I like how only because I assume Pickett and uh, the kid from Liberty are going to be gone. Yeah, so I, I like how, but uh, I I'll revert back to what I, my initial impression of Desmond Ritter. I liked him a lot. I was surprised yeah. that nobody else did. I didn't understand, so I'll take another look at him. Yeah. Um. Nah, nothing else about the senior bowl. I don't yeah. think. But keep in mind that those practices, everybody forgets about what happens in the practices by draft day. But that's what's important. The coaches and scouts really love the practices. And the game is an all-star game. And the, the coaches and scouts know not to get carried away with what happens in that game. So yeah. that gets remembered more than the practices. And it should be the other way around by fans. Right. Right. And there were three quarterbacks. I know that the whole Steelers contingent was on hand down there in Mobile, Tomlin. Um, As usual. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing new about that. Rooney was there this time. So yeah, no, I think he's always there. He's always yeah. there. So, yeah. and they, they were, there were reports and there was confirmations that they met with Willis, Pickett, and Ritter, but I didn't hear uh, any reports of them meeting with the other guys. So they're going to meet with all the guys. Yeah. Don't get carried away by reports. Well, Desmond Ritter, he's he's my uh he's my guy right now, first round. So we'll we'll have to see how that pans out here. All right, we got two more. Um, and then we're gonna wrap this up. Cameron Hayward made some comments the other day I thought were pretty interesting and showed some confidence in his defense. I'm gonna read them here. He said in regards to possible incoming quarterback, whether it's rookie or veteran, he said they all look good in black and gold when they got our defense. Whoever wants to come out this way, being the cold a little bit, we got something for you. We got some pieces on offense. Black and gold does look good. It goes with everything, an old guy or a young guy. Is he overselling the defense, or can it be boosted this offseason with just a few additions? Uh, does, he, does he know, too, it's coming back? I mean, does he know? I don't even, I don't even really care who they sign at corner. I mean, Witherspoon, Hayden's 33, Witherspoon is – do I believe those last few games? I don't know, but uh, I don't know about the defense. Uh, you know, horrible run defense. So, yes, he's overselling, but it's nice to see his, he has confidence and nice to see he's taking this kind of leadership role. Yeah. I think, um, too, it is such a big – going to be a big factor in terms of free agency in the draft. They need to 
get him back on the field. So hopefully that everything's all right there. Um, but just thought those no, comments. Yeah. I don't think they can count on him. No, yeah. even if he says he's coming back, they've got to patch that hole. And if it, they think Tyson Alualu is going to be the reason to patch the hole, okay, that's uh, a bit of a stretch. But they're going to need somebody else. Yep. And then the last thing, Jim. Here we had a question after the last show. I'm going to direct this one to you because I, I don't really know. It's from Super Corey 1977. Oh, man, he's been ripping me all year. <laughs> he, well, he just asked a general question here. Super Corey says, can someone tell me anything about St- current Steelers DB coach Grady Jackson? He hasn't been interviewed. No one ever talks about him, not even the players. What's the deal with him? And then he puts the emoji. Hey, man. You might as well put that emoji on my face right now because I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's you know, Ter- Terrell Austin's been that guy, and um, it's only only Tomlin knows how good Grady is. There, I, there's nothing to gauge. Even if I interviewed Grady and he was nice to me, that's, all, that's what reporters said. Oh, this is a great coach because he was nice to them in the hallway. So, I mean, there's nobody knows except Mike Tomlin. So I, I can't answer that. I'm sorry, Corey. You can go back to ripping me. <laughs> but I'm just going to do that emoji thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Corey, we want to we want to see some a response in the comments. Well, this- here, if they hire him, then that'll answer your question. I, I mean, I, I'm not talking to Corey, but a lot of the guys that ask these questions in the message board. We can wait a week or two because I can't predict what's going to happen. That's why I I, I formulated this approach on assistant coaches that really only the head coach knows how good of a helper these guys are. Nobody sees – it's like you, Jeremy. You send (laughs) me agendas, detailed agendas. You you arrange for this to happen. And nobody really knows how good you are except me. And now I'm telling everybody, but – Nobody really can appreciate your value here because we're just talking and they're they're going to judge you on what you have to say. But I know you allow me to blabber on and on endlessly and nonsensically, and you do it with style and class. You set this all up. You get up early in the morning. You have an agenda the night before. That's all class A work. And only I know that. So that's the same thing as a head coach with his assistants. Man, that's high praise, Jim. <laughs> it's just me getting out of the question. I don't want Corey to be ripping me no more, man. Well, maybe he can rip me now. So. All right. Well, we're going to bring it on home now with the uh, terrible three and wrap up episode 21. Are you ready, Jim? Yes, I am, sir. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Better chance at a Super Bowl next year. Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers. I, I got to go Ravens. All right. I know people people don't like Lamar Jackson. I do. I'm still waiting for him to explode, and because his he hasn't had the receivers, and now that Bateman's going to be his second year, I, I think Marquise Brown could benefit from somebody coming on opposite him, so that uh, he can just be a deep threat. And of course, they're great tight end. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would say Ravens. Oh, you know how much I like Joe Burrow, but you know that defending. That target, and we talked about this. That's going to be tough for them. Yeah, agreed. Plus a first-place schedule. Did you see that Lamar Jackson is representing himself in contract talks? 
Well, I mean that I think that would work in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I don't know if Baltimore could be trusted at anything. Yeah, that was a, a bit surprising to me. All right, here's the next one. Are you happier for Aaron Donald? More happier for Aaron Donald or sadder for Tyler Boyd, being that they're both Pittsburgh kids. You know, I'm a Pitts, I'm a Pitt grad. I care. Tyler Boyd seemed to make some nasty remarks during the season. Aaron Donald's been in class all the way, gave a million bucks to the facility. Uh, I'm I'm happy for Aaron Donald, but I'm pretty mad uh, about losing money because I had the Bengals $50 to win $800. I didn't want to bring it up at the beginning of the show. (laughs) So for me, I'm not that happy for Aaron Donald, but a couple days after, yeah, a little bit happier for Aaron Donald, Yeah. yeah. And I still haven't for, forgotten Tyler Boyd's comments. What did he say? Yeah. They quit. I've never seen a Steelers team quit like that. That was a little strange, but hey, whatever. You, you know, stuff. You know, stuff gets said like yeah. that out of yeah. anger, and that's okay. Yeah, Tyler always seemed like uh, he was all right, dude. Yep. All right. Then the last one is now that the twenty-one NFL season is officially over. Can you describe it in three words? COVID go home. I mean, I want my locker room open again. So COVID go home. I, I don't know. Are we done yet? I, I don't you know. know what? On, on that note, Jim, I think we're done. <laughs> that perfect well, segue. Hey, you, you crank that softball. Well, let me, let me, let me give a postscript then. <laughs> we're going to talk free agency next week with Matt uh, Steele and he, we're going to have uh, all kind of free agency work this week. So we didn't talk about the pending free agents. And so, uh, but that's a a tease for next week's show. Yep. And actually, uh, do you mind if I share that for Monday or this coming Monday? Okay. So uh, Matt will be on with me. So it'll be the first time that we're working together. Uh, We're going to let Jim sleep in and then he'll be back. uh, We'll be like, I guess, an alternating approach here. uh, We'll we'll try to get our draft experts in with you after that. Okay. And so maybe I'll monitor the situation. Oh man, I'm I'm getting observed. You, I'm gonna let my coordinator call his own plays now. <laughs> so, audience, this is what they call an evaluation. Jim's gonna be watching, <laughs> taking notes. Just monitor so that we don't get sued. That's all. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, we want to thank you for joining us here today, episode 21. It's been a lot of fun. Please check out Jim's work over on the Still City Insider. And give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work on thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. And we will see, well, I will see you with Matt next week here on the Still City Insider Podcast. Jim, have a great week. See you. You too, Jeremy. Take care.